You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Thanks for tuning into the Her Paper Root podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Clark, and I'm here to help you buy, scale, and sell profitable niche sites. Today, I'm interviewing Carrie Smith Nicholson. She has bought, developed, and sold niche sites for many years. She recently purchased an established niche site at my marketplace, blogsforsale.co, and she has a really great strategy for how she grows traffic to her niche sites without using Pinterest or email marketing. Yep, really. If you are sitting there like, huh, how is that possible? Well, I will let her do the explaining. So let's get started. You're listening to the Her Paper Root Podcast with host Chelsea Clark. Chelsea is a marketing strategist and the founder of HerPaperRoot.com, a friendly and supportive hive for ambitious, passionate entrepreneurs like you to learn how to growth hack your idea into a profitable business. We encourage you to fearlessly tackle your wildest goals. We know that as your own boss, you can deliver your unique message and make more paper. You just need a plan. Here's your host, Chelsea Clark. Welcome to the show, everybody. My guest today is Carrie Smith Nicholson. She is a business manager and a blogging consultant, and she is here today to share her strategy for how she grew her travel blog to 70,000 monthly page views without using Pinterest or email marketing. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. Well, hey, I'm really excited to have you here. So, how did you get your start as a niche site developer? So I've been in the online space and in the online entrepreneur world for 10 years um, as of 2021, which it seems just like like super old, right? I was <laughs> back in the day when people were coding their own websites. They didn't have WordPress or anything like that. So I started in 2011, um, right as you know, blogging was becoming more popular, but it wasn't like super mainstream yet. And um, basically what it was is I had a full-time job as an accountant, and then I also had a part-time job as uh, in taxes. And I, I prepped people's taxes, small business taxes specifically. And so I did that, you know, during the tax season. And then the rest of the year I did my accounting work and I got a lot of the same questions and a lot of business owners asked me the same things. So I wanted to start a blog to help address those questions and just lead them to those resources to help them out. And it really morphed from there. I started doing a lot of freelance writing in the personal finance space. I went to conferences around finances, accounting, taxes, and all that. And a lot of people in the space became or they came to me and, and realized that I knew a lot about small business accounting. And then I learned more about online accounting, which was basically like for anybody who has an online business, it's still a little bit different. Like the IRS doesn't know how to deal with you. Some of the deductions were different back then and, and they were still figuring that out. So I was able to help navigate that with my blog and that's what it grew and blossomed into. That was my first blog that I owned. Um, and then after I sold that one in 2018, I wanted to start a new blog in a totally different niche. So I wasn't going to be you know, talking about finances or anything anymore. And I wanted to focus on travel, which I personally loved sort of as a hobby and never really been into travel blogging, never did travel blogging or anything and wanted to specifically target local blogging as far as like a Colorado travel blog. So that's what it turned into. And uh, I also have, you know, dabbled a little bit with purchasing other niche websites and writing on those. So I've been freelance writing and blogging for the past decade. 
That's fantastic. So when you switched gears, you had your finance blog, and that was something that was based on your personal experience working with accounting and numbers and all that stuff. And then you switched to travel, which is a totally different niche. Did you find that it was difficult to monetize? Because it's a different type of monetization, I would say, between selling in a finance blog to selling in a travel blog. It was hard and it was quite the learning curve, I will say. So my first blog in the finance space was um, basically 90% of the revenue was affiliate marketing. And I love affiliate marketing. I you know, geek out about it. I'm really good at it and I enjoy it a lot. And when I tried uh, applying that strategy to my travel blog, especially a local one, it completely tanked. I spent about nine months going through this strategy. I totally should have given up earlier. <laughs> um, but learning that that was not going to be the, the best revenue stream for this business. So I didn't want to do courses or anything like that because I didn't feel like it was a good fit for the niche being just a statewide thing. So I basically, I would say all of our revenue, yeah, probably about 90, 95% of it right now comes from ads on the site. So we're with Mediavine and we earn through ads, ad revenue. And then I do have a, a book, a travel guide that we sell on Amazon and a few like Amazon affiliates and local affiliates as well. But it's very small compared to how the revenue was you know, made up before and what that pie looked like. It started taking off, I would say, in the past six months or so. Um, so I sold the first blog in 2018. I started the second one in April of 2019. So it's still pretty young. It just had its two years anniversary recently. And um, so I've really thought about like how I can expand and grow the revenue and brand sponsorships with local businesses has been a really big part of that. You know, like we do um, some local Jeep tours. We work with people on like tourist stuff when they have packages for people to come and like do tourist things. Obviously, 2020 set us back a lot. So I had goals for this last year that I didn't get to accomplish, but this year it's definitely opening up a lot more. And that's been really fun to do because we get paid basically to go, you know, travel and do these cool things. And then we'll make like a video about it or a podcast or, you know, a guide on the blog or something. What has been the biggest benefits of blogging for your business? Basically me being able to work from home, you know, so going through the pandemic and everything, it didn't really change my schedule. So I've been working from home full-time for the past eight years. And that has been so freeing to, to not have your world turned upside down like a lot of people did. Um, although, you know, we did have other aspects of it that did affect us. The work part of it did not. And when I say us, I mean my husband and I. So we do the, the business together, um, which is also another perk of it is being able to go into business with your spouse because he's the Colorado native. He was born and raised here. I moved here after living in Texas for 30 years. So I'm the newcomer. And that's kind of how we, we meld our uh, our niche and, and our point of views is helping newcomers and natives. Um, so it's been a really fun thing to be able to control my own schedule, work together on a project with you know my spouse. And then also, I just love the flexibility of learning different niches. That's something that I felt like I really wanted to learn and, and add to my portfolio was not just knowing like the personal finance niche or the business niche, but something totally different and creative and travel. And I've learned all of them really well and have you know been able to understand SEO and YouTube and everything that goes along with it. So that's been really fun. I'm glad you mentioned that. I want to get right into that too. So let's actually go right for it because I know that listeners will be dying to know how you grew your travel site to over 70,000 monthly page views without counting on Pinterest and email marketing because here on the show, I'm always saying, yeah, Pinterest is great. Email marketing is great. But the fact that you've had such success without focusing on those elements, please walk us through your strategy. 
So yes, it's been quite the experience. Like I said, I had to learn a lot of things or maybe even unlearn a lot of things from the previous niche to this one. Um, but mostly I just focused completely on SEO. So the first six to eight months, six to nine months of the business, I did work on Pinterest. I did have a little bit of that. We spent a lot of time on Instagram. I was really trying to grow the social following in the same vein of every month we released, or sorry, every week we released a podcast episode and then I would do a blog post every week. So really just, you know, creating that content hub for the foundation of the business. And that took a while because I had other projects going, other client work, et cetera. Um, so I would like to have done that within like three months of starting it, but um, it, it took the time that it needed and I learned what I needed to learn. And so since then, I, I do this all myself. I don't have anyone else on the team. I handle everything of, of Instagram related, but in 2021, I created a goal to write two blog posts a week. So I would do basically like a hundred blog posts this year. That's the challenge for myself. Um, all written by myself and really create that hub of content, basically all SEO. And then another thing that my husband Ryan has been working on is YouTube SEO. So he's been creating a lot of YouTube videos. So really just doubling down on SEO. And the reason for that is because I do have a lot of experience, you know, from my past projects and stuff about email marketing. And I knew how much that was involved and uh, Pinterest marketing. And that didn't really seem to like, I just, I guess I can't figure it out as well as other people do. Cause I feel like the travel niche should cater to Pinterest, but I spent like six or eight months on it and was not able to really find that traction like I did with SEO. So it's, it's kind of like working with your strengths too, right? Like really focusing on what you enjoy and what you're good at. And I am good at email marketing, but also it's very time consuming. And there's so many things that can go wrong. You know, the email sequences break every day or whatever it might be. And I just wasn't ready to tackle that in the first two years of the business being so young. So really being just like singular focused, hyper-focused on what I was good at and how I knew the business could grow so that we could start earning revenue because I put a lot of money into starting this new business and I wanted to make sure I got that revenue out before I started expanding to other things that maybe would be more time consuming or not as successful. SEO is so important. Let's dig deeper into that. So what do you do specifically when you are working on your website to set it up for SEO success? Well, the first thing that I did was really start off with more generalized guides, you know, so top 10, you know, places to visit or things to do and, and really generalize it from there. And then I filled in the content so that each one of those points would have a guide that would connect to it. So if I was talking about like a, a mountain town or a place to visit or a city, I would do a city guide or a, a guide on that mountain town that would dive into even deeper things that you could do. So it would show that there was sort of this like content wheel um, that people could click to and then learn more and keep clicking on the website and stay on the website longer. Um, and then also as the pandemic rolled around, we were only like in our state, we were only allowed to travel within 20 to 30 miles of where you lived. So all of those guides and everything we published and all the photos we took and the videos and everything could only be done within the 20, 30 mile radius. So really becoming like niche specific on just a particular city on where we live and not just the whole state in general. That also really helped our SEO last summer when even though it was down due to travel and everything else, this summer it has really picked up and started those you know guides have really started ranking a lot better. So really thinking about the, the content hub as a whole and like how you can fill out those resources so that people don't have to click to other websites to find out more info. And then also a tool that I use every single day, literally, well, two of them, Google Analytics, of course, which is also Google Search Console. I use both of those. And then, so I guess this is three tools. Um, 
is uh, AREFs and uh, hrefs.com or however you want to say it. So those three things I'm in every day, I'm looking at what people search, the words they use, the phrases. Um, like for example, there was a um, search phrase that everybody kept looking when they'd hit our website and it was warm places to live in Colorado. And we didn't have a guide on it and we haven't had for like six months and I keep seeing this term that people are using. So I wrote a guide about it and within a week it started ranking, which is just like crazy in SEO, you know, timeline that in a week or two, it would start ranking because usually it takes about three months. So so your on-page SEO must really play an important part in ranking your blog posts so quickly. On-page SEO is definitely where I spend a lot of my time because um, I do follow other people, you know, that are really versed with SEO, especially Debbie Gartner, who you've had on the show before, and a lot of other people that I've listened to from your podcast too. And they all have you know, they all say that if you're a smaller blog or something, you really need those backlinks to rank well. Well, I wanted to see if that was true. And so I spent a lot of time making my content really good and interlinking to myself. So on page SEO, and I found that yes, the backlinks work, but having my own links to myself worked really well also. Um, so every time I publish a new post, I use a, um, plugin called search regex, R-E-G-E-X. And it's a really lightweight plugin. You just type in the phrase, like, so for example, warm places to live in Colorado. And then you see where on your site you've mentioned that and you link to your new post from old content. It makes it super fast and easy. I do that pretty much, I would say three, four times a week. Every time I publish a new post or I wanna update something, I just use that plugin and then I go and interlink to that new content. So it's not also, you don't want anything just sort of hanging out, standing by its own. Um, you want to have all the content relate to each other. That is a great tip. I love that. Going back and editing your old post to link to a new post that relates. It's very, very smart to do that. Yeah, that's been a real game changer, I feel, because, you know, Google loves updated content. So that's another part of my strategy is that I would say once or twice a month, I take a really big guide, you know, so these travel guides get really long, 21 things to do or 25 places to see or whatever. And I'm always updating them, uh, especially with events. You know, there's outdoor events that we go to or we cover or fall festivals or anything like that, making sure the dates are correct, that the um, all the numbers are accurate, you know, the pricing, when they open, when they close. Um, you know, stuff like that. So every single month I'm updating content, which I think is nice for a seasonal business like this. So in the spring, I've, uh, I'm already updating all the summer stuff. In summer, I'll go through and update all the fall stuff. So it really is when fall hits, it's available and it's ready and it's active. Um, also, people start looking like right now they're looking for summer activities, places to swim, things to go explore, hike and et cetera. So having it already updated with a 2021 date, I feel like Google really likes that because it does reward our website and we'll rank even over, you know, Denver.org or something tourist uh, website or anything like that, that is even a government website or a tour website. It really makes a difference. Are there any SEO myths that you would want to dispel? I really don't like to hear when people are doing research. You know, you'll see, you'll see people who have done a video or anything and they're talking about SEO and they're like, okay, this word may be, or this key phrase may be a little bit too big. It's hard to rank for it. It has medium or high competition. Don't go for it. Go for smaller keywords. 
I do that too. I do focus on smaller keywords, but I will say, so like if you look up things to do in Denver, that is a huge keyword. It has a ton of competition. I wrote the guide about a year ago and I've updated it. I've added to it. I keep making it as in depth as possible and I keep growing the site. I do a lot of, you know, backlinking from external sources, internal, et cetera. And it is now on the first page of Google. That's how long it took. Yes, it's a huge keyword and there's a ton of competition, but it doesn't mean you won't ever get there. So you shouldn't like not ever try it. Just be strategic with like, well, it may take you a while to get there and you may not want to bank on that right away. So it may be not dispelling the whole myth, but, you know, adjusting it to work better for you and when it makes sense. That's great advice. Playing the long game with SEO. Yeah, exactly. You set a goal for yourself to publish 100 blog posts this year. How is that going? It's going really, really well. I am still on track. I have not missed. So we publish, I publish Tuesday and Fridays. Um, I've not missed a day yet. I There was, um, I think in March, had nine Tuesdays and Fridays. And I my goal was to publish eight. So I did skip one, you know, but that was strategic. Um, and then every couple of Tuesdays, I will do an update, like a really big overhaul and, you know, add some content, delete some content. So it's not just like changing dates and then republishing it. It's actually like overhauling it, but it's going really well. I'm totally on target. I started with 61 blog posts and I'm up to 84 right now. So definitely on target for the goal this year. And I think it will happen. No problem. I'm in a really good rhythm right now. Running a profitable blog takes a few great tools. I know it can be hard when you are trying to develop and monetize when you don't know which tools actually can help you get ahead and which ones are just pricey, shiny object distractions. To make it really easy for you, I have compiled a list of all of the tools, software, apps, templates, and training that I use to run and scale my blog and business. From the best email service providers to legal page templates to beautiful styled stock photography, reliable web hosting, and even cart systems for selling digital products. It's all there. Find all of the tools of the trade that I swear by by going to herpaperoot.com tools. I have found that it's so interesting with multiple sites that I've owned. So I've owned several in the past and then I own two currently right now. And the magic number, I guess you could say, at least that I have found, this is from personal experience, when you get around 150 blog posts on your site, if they're you know well-organized, obviously too, can't just be random, <laughs> um, around 150 to 200 blog posts is when you really start ranking well, like more than 100,000 page views a month. Um, so that's why I also made that challenge for myself because I was at about 60 articles so far and I wanted to basically double that and get up to like 150 within a year. And so that's why I made that goal for myself because I know that that's been the magic number, at least for me, the way that I do my strategy. Very cool. And you had mentioned that you do own multiple sites and I know you've bought and sold a few websites over the years. So when someone is looking to buy a blog, what are some things that you would recommend that they do to do their due diligence? A lot of entrepreneurs and myself included really focus on the revenue. So how much revenue is it making? Is it on an upward or downward trend? But that's not always the number that can be useful, right? So it can be email marketing, it can be how many Pinterest users you have or traffic from Pinterest, and then also how that mixes really well or not so well with your own personal strategies and your strengths. So that's why I focus on a lot of blogs who have strong SEO or the potential for strong SEO, because that's a strength that I have. And I know I can turn that around really quickly uh, without a lot of effort and get good results. 
Um, I've learned a lot about Mediavine ads and blog ads, especially. So that would be something that I would look for in the future if like it has that potential or if it has had it. Um, also, another thing to think about is, you know, like the social media following and what the community is like. Um, and then also the potential there, whether there is a podcast or there is a YouTube channel, maybe you can create one. You know, so, you know, basically what I'm saying is looking at the statistics, yes, and understanding the revenue, but also knowing how you can mix that with what you're good at and really make it into a really awesome resource or have that great opportunity in the future. Oh, yeah. And you had mentioned too that you, when you're looking to buy, you specifically will look at sites for their SEO as well. Do you have a favorite niche that you like to look for when you're looking to buy? I don't actually. I have gotten more open to different niches ever since I started several other blogs. Um, Obviously finance niche, I know like the back of my hand. So that one I would classify as like low hanging fruit. Um, travel stuff is totally different, but yes, it has the potential to be really successful, but then also looking at the trends, um, and seeing what is happening in the future or what could be happening. So one of the reasons I wanted to start a statewide, um, travel blog and podcast was because I thought that people wanted to, would want to have more accessibility to something that was a mobile resource. So like they could listen to it on their mobile phone, they could read about it on mobile and go explore on mobile, like go to a hiking spot while looking at the guide on your phone. So everything was very mobile accessible and that's, it can be done in any niche really, right? As long as it has the capability to serve people and what they're looking for. Um, And then also looking at the trends, you know, the 2020 stuff really changed how we think about the world and different things and and medical advice and understanding what's going on and news and all of those things could be different niches that you could explore if you deliver it in a way that people would want to consume it. And this is just sort of a fun personal goal. In addition to the 100 blog posts, um, my husband and I are doing a 52 week hiking challenge. So that also dovetails into the travel blog because I can use it as content, but it's also just really fun to go out and explore 52 new hikes. So these are like individual hiking trails that we've never been to or haven't explored yet and documenting that um, on YouTube and sharing it with our audience, which is, like I said, uh, I'm really good at finding things, you know, to get paid to do what I would do anyway. So that's one of those things that is going to be really fun that I'm working towards this year, just sort of a personal exercise goal, you know, to be healthy as well, but then also help out the business and get more content. That really is so clever how you are building your niche site around your hiking hobby. And really, I am the same way. Anytime I'm doing something in my personal life, I'm thinking, how can this work for my business? How could this be content? How could this be repurposed? So really, that's so smart, building your niche site around something that you love to do anyway. And everyone who's listening, who's thinking of starting a niche site, if you can build your site around something that you are personally interested in, like a hobby, that can be a great way to build out the content for your site. Because one, you know the most about the things that you love doing the most. So it can be a great way to come up with ideas and content. But two, all of those expenses that you have to pay to support your hobby, those all become tax write-offs as a business expense when you have a niche site as a business. And Carrie, I love how you are combining your personal interest in hiking to make it work for your business and your niche site. That really is very smart. Now, Carrie, where can everybody find and follow you online? Yeah, so I have um, the travel blog is hashtag ColoradoLife.com, and that's the word hashtag spelled out. I mean, there was no way we could get the 
the sign in there, but um, so that's the website. And then we're also at the same handle on Instagram. And that's usually where Ryan and I hang out. We talk on Instagram several times a week and we post, you know, when we're doing um, a hike or something like that, we do a short video or reel. Um, but I also have my at Carrie considers on Instagram. That's my personal handle where I talk all things business. I also have a, um, email list, a really small one that I send out a monthly, um, sort of income report to, I do a video of it to share like the growth of the blog and how it's been. And that's been going for about two years, like I said, and, um, really been able to grow it from, you know, one page view a day, basically. Um, I started with zero, by the way. I really wanted to see if I could grow a blog from scratch. I had no email list, no contacts. I wasn't in any Facebook groups, uh, no social media channels, nothing. It was zero from scratch. Um, and so that was a really interesting experiment to do and then grow from there. Um, so I'm able to share that experiment in that email newsletter once a month to do like an income report. And um, last month was obviously the best ever. So we hit that 70,000. It was actually 72,000 page views and uh, over $2,500 a month from ad revenue so far. Very cool. Well, congratulations so much on your blogging success. And thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate you coming and sharing this with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's really an honor to share, you know, my journey and being able to um, bust a few myths that you can only grow with Pinterest, or you have to have an email marketing list or something, which you can always have later. And I might plan to do that. But right now, really focusing on what I like and the strengths that I have. And, and that's been really fun. And I feel like that's the best way to grow a business when you're just starting out. Everyone who is listening, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate you coming and hanging out with us. If you have not yet started your own niche site, you have options. If you want to start your niche site from scratch, I have a free online course that walks you through every step of setting up your website as well as traffic tips and monetization tips. Just go to herpaperroot.com start and you can access that training for free. And now you can start your website for pretty much nothing. All you really need to pay for is hosting when you're just getting started but it will cost you your time to build a site from scratch. It takes time to build up traffic and a community and revenue, but there is a faster way. You don't have to start from zero. You can actually purchase a website that is already established, one that already has traffic, already has tons of content, social media followers, email subscribers, and is already earning revenue. Just go to blogsforsale.co and you can see our marketplace of websites that are ready for a new owner. Or if you have a niche site and you would like to sell it, just go to blogsforsale.co slash Val, that's V-A-L, and I will give you a free valuation and a suggested listing price and some suggestions if you would like to sell your site in our marketplace. We have so many buyers and investors who are hungry for awesome content sites. So if you are sitting on one and you would like to cash out, go to blogsforsale.co slash Val and allow me to help connect you with a buyer. And the last thing that I want to say is just thank you so much for all of the reviews that you guys have been leaving and for all the shares you've been giving us on social media. I appreciate that so much. 
I run this podcast from a closet in my room and I do all of the editing myself of every episode. I do all the promotion myself. So knowing that you are letting your friends know about the show and you're sharing it on your social media, it means so much. So thank you to everyone who has done that and to everyone who is about to do that now. It's time to wrap things up now. So thank you again, Carrie, for being here and everyone listening. You are seriously the best. We'll catch up in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Her Paper Root podcast. We hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please say so by leaving us a review and be sure to share this episode with your friends. For more entrepreneurship resources and to connect with Chelsea, swing by herpaperroot.com. Now go make something. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.